Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Our Big Show podcast. Rutgers fans in Scarlet, a packed house, a collection of Penn State fans up in the upper deck, and we're ready for rivalry week with the Penn State Nittany Lions and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights on Saturday. Ah, we can only dream. But it is Rutgers and Penn State, so it is a reason to be uh, somewhat excited and get back into it. Uh, this is our, our new fan, Jerry, and after a double buy, I guess a triple buy from the show, uh, we are back for another edition to talk Rutgers football and uh, move along into this season that's uh, nearing its final legs uh, of the year. And, uh, of course, I want to welcome uh, my co-host, uh, Rutgers Mo. Mo, it's been a long time. Welcome back to the show. Who are you? <laughs> I got it. You know, man, I had to get a, I put the music on. We got a little pumped up. I, I almost forgot where we were about to head into on Saturday, thinking about uh, maybe four years ago with the last Rutgers Penn State game. But uh, you know, it won't exactly be that kind of atmosphere. But we'll take you know, uh, we'll take it as it is. Yeah, I agree. Did, by any chance, this is slightly off guard. But did you catch the uh, the basketball game last night where Vivian won her thousandth game? I didn't catch the game, but I did follow it, and I saw that she won and, and won her 1,000th uh, game. I mean, that's uh, obviously very impressive, and congrats to her and, uh, you know, what she's done for, for Rutgers University. And, uh, uh, you know, nice for, for Rutgers to get some positive news on that end. Well, specifically what I was talking about was it wasn't just the game. I mean, the game was over, I think, probably before halftime. I got it at halftime. It was already over then. But it was what happened after the game. Uh, if we ever win a national championship, Rutgers will just totally blast off for another planet. It was unbelievable. I think Hobbs, Baumgartner, and staff did a great job. They had everybody from Mike Krzyzewski, uh Gene Oriyama, uh, you name them. They were on there. They had... Um, they had some pros who were on the who were who were on there congratulating her on her accomplishment. It was a really good job. It was well done, and um, yeah, made you feel good. It, it, it's a, a feel good feeling. Um, of course, we're talking about football, but basketball is already off to a good start. I'm talking about men's basketball also. Uh, Pico is doing well, a great job. And uh, I labeled, makes, uh, I labeled you... today's show Penn, you know, Penn State Week, but, you know, and is Rutgers a basketball school now? It'd be nice to be – we are a school. The question is whether or not we have to settle for being one or the other. You know, um, in 2006, 
Rutgers women's basketball team went to the final four. And we also had one hell of a, a football team. From a uh, standpoint of wins and losses, we've, we haven't exceeded it, right? So, That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, of course, the, the issues for me were, um, and we, we've discussed this very briefly, although because I've had computer problems, don't get me started. The computer problems are still going on <laughs> as we speak. Uh, I don't know how many hours. I've probably spent 45 hours on the phone easily between uh, commuting and uh, speaking to Tier 1 and Tier 2, and I don't know what other levels that, there uh, are. Of, uh, it's hmm? that West Coast uh, Internet out there, right? It's not, uh, it's not taking care of you out there in the West Coast. I don't know. It's it's, I don't think it has anything to do with the coast. I think it's just it's a question of how they actually handle their um, – their, their phone cues. Uh, spent an hour and 20 minutes on the phone and never got anywhere. Now, what you're probably saying to yourself at this point, what's this got to do with Penn State and, and Rutgers? And I'm going to tell you, it's one of, my, one of my complaints. And that is, I think just recently they interviewed Chris Ash. Remember that one? And they asked him about the upcoming, well, they asked him about whether or not he uses the 150th anniversary as a recruiting tool. And his answer was, you know, forthright. I mean, he took it in stride and basically said no. I mean, you know, uh, kids today want instant gratification or he had a number of excuses. And my point was, as I explained to you, at least from my standpoint, when you're not recruiting well and you're not doing well on the field, every tool at your command should be used. And how that relates to this other problem is, when you're telling people it costs $150 a year, 149 to be exact, for support, and then you put somebody on hold for an hour and 20 minutes, do you think you're going to be getting F-bombs dropped? The answer is yes. You are, you're, you're definitely going to be getting a whole bunch of vocabulary that you don't need to hear um, coming from you normally because you're angry. You're, you're really angry. I'm angry and upset and hurt and frustrated and all of it with Chris, not specifically because of him, but his attitude towards not recognizing that that is a recruiting tool when it's on the sides of our football stadium, when it's ingrained in our DNA or collective DNA, when it's going to be publicized all over ESPN next year. Why is he not using so, it? So, so, so we had three weeks off, and you're still uh, fired up uh, uh, <laughs> over uh, Chris Ash. No, but I'll tell you what: if you want to draw parallels to, um, I guess you know your internet or cable service, um, you know, as mad as you can get, and as mad as you get, uh, you know, you really don't have much choice with who you choose, right? So, um, you know, <laughs> maybe part of it is if you want to draw some type of uh, connection is. Um, yeah, sure. It sounds like a great uh, pitch when uh, you know uh, you're 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 recruiting a, a kid from you know go, go here instead of uh, you know Delaware or, or you know uh, <laughs> you know UMass. But uh, you want to participate in in the 150th anniversary game, or uh, do you want to go somewhere where you can play for a, a bowl game or a potential national title? Uh, I think I kind of get it. Unfortunately, sometimes Ash is a little bit too honest in his, um, 
the way that he he says things and should have known that he was going to upset some of his current fan base. Um, but I, I, I kind of believe him. I mean, you're, you're not going to get a kid of a quality. You're not turning any recruit, uh, you know, with the, hey, you want to be part of the 150th uh, uh, anniversary celebration uh, versus, you know, um, Harbaugh saying, hey, do you want to compete for a national championship? So, um, you know, I get it. I get it. But uh, I also get it both ways. Well, the only difference is, yeah, I don't, <clears throat> I don't think – you know, like they always say, okay, so that's where you and I would differ, all right? And we have the he said, she said, or the, the he said, he said. The thing is, right, isn't there always a straw that breaks the camel's back? We've, we've heard it. That cliche has been around forever. Sometimes that may be the same thing with a recruit. I don't know. Not in a negative way, in a positive way. I would have gone, Barkley would have come to Rutgers, except Franklin wouldn't take no for an answer. Right? Taylor would have come to Rutgers, except Whiskey wouldn't take no for an answer. Wouldn't it be nice if some of the – I think if Shiano was the coach, he would have not taken no for the answer either, and it becomes Shiano versus uh, Franklin in year two of his regime versus Shiano at that moment, right? So, uh, you know, it's a Pennsylvania kid going to his state. I think – uh, you know, it, it's I hear what you're saying, but um, it's it's a lot easier said than done. But yeah, you know, look, I think we can at this point. We already talked about it. We know where they're going to go. Uh, you know, the team's going to finish one and eleven. Uh, for you know, it's it's pretty much by you know, unless there's some miracle miracles, uh, he's going to be back in one and year. twelve. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, but I, you know, I think, you know, I think honestly, uh, at this point, you, you, you're moving forward into the season. I think fans are that are remaining, um, you know, are, are have their reasons that they're going to either go or not go or follow or, or, or be indifferent. Uh, um, you know, I, I think the last two or three weeks, obviously, the team has played better. I think part of that is that Ash got himself involved in the defense himself um you know it's something that he should have done earlier uh, i think there's no doubt that he's a good defensive coordinator that's where he got it obviously he, he's a talented guy right he wouldn't be on urban meyer's staff otherwise and he wouldn't have gotten to this point but whether or not he's the guy to recruit and that's 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 what it's all about i mean if you watch the game this i think everybody watches the game. Uh, if, if you if you if you remember a couple of key plays in the game right obviously isaiah pacheco running for 80 yards right right um avery young having a big tackle on a fourth down uh, you know what does that tell you to me it tells me we need more isaiah pacheco's and avery young's you know it's 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 it, you know it's, it's as much x and o's as as it is guys making plays as, you know, some of these receivers, if they can just hold on to the ball, you know, you watch one of the things that annoys me about Rutgers doing this, you know, and playing the way that they play. I think I heard that the only team in the nation not to score 20 points against a power five team is it's it. I, I watch football now on TV with jealousy in my eyes. When I look at these games and other teams and guys making plays and making catches and, you know, at a certain point, the players got to do their thing and, uh, you know, that's not at, at all giving Ash a pass, but, uh, you know, the problem is he's part of the problem because if he can't recruit, he can't get us better. Uh, 
but you, you know, it's, it's as much as you, you want to talk about coaching and play calling, you, you need players that make plays. A guy runs, cuts back, runs 80 yards, outruns everybody. He has big 10 talent and there's not enough big 10 talent on that roster. And, and yet, no, and I agree, I agree with you. Avery Young has a brother, Aaron, right, who was considering us, and we're in the mix, and his brother's on the team, and his brother's a freshman, and getting playing time and getting at least some good pub, and he winds up choosing Michigan State. Whether that holds or not, I don't know. Probably will with our luck. But the reality would be is it'd be great to get a talent like that as well. He would be great to add to our stable. Uh, Blackshear, you know, and Pacheco and Young, that would make a nice, formidable, uh, run, you know, stable. It's a good room, as they call it now. I don't really like that cliche, but it's a good room. <laughs> but uh, yeah. what's the rest of the house look like? We, we need an offensive line. We need a defensive line. We need, we need to get some fire and intensity, and we need to stop talking about, we're going to work on this. We're one and eight. We're one and nine. Give me a break. What do you mean you're going to work on it? Well, I, I mean, so how I, much? I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you mean by fire and intensity. I mean, the, I, I think if anyone who's watched the last games agree that you know the team is not quitting, there is intensity on the team. Um, you, you know, I, I, I no, no, I, 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 I whether a coach is running up and down the sidelines. I mean, you can, you know, you know, listen. Aesthetically, it looked much better last week against Michigan, right? But if Michigan wanted to win sixty nothing, they could have won sixty nothing. They they went into that game. It was almost embarrassing reading their press clippings. What they were talking about was their big drama was who was their backup quarterback, right? Um, they did not run one, from what I remember, one pass option RPO where, where Patterson was keeping the ball. You know that's that's his game, and and they were just let's get in this game, let's not get injured. And let's get out of there, right? And they won forty-two to seven. Um, you, you know, Nick Saban could have been on the sideline, running up and down, yelling at the players all he wants, and yeah, we're not beating Michigan, right? So, I, you, you know, the the thing about being excited and animated, uh, I, I don't know, but I, I just know you got to recruit, and uh, you know, I, I don't feel he's the I guy think, to, to I, pull pull the guys in. I think that the, I think okay. So, and and my feeling is is that. In order for him to recruit, yes, it, you, number one, you've got to be looking at what we're doing on the field. We, we all agree on that, right? It would be so much easier, at least if we were six and six, so much easier than where we are right now. The other part of it is just the personality of the coach. If the personality of the coach blends in with the sofa that your grandmother has, it doesn't work. No matter how young he is, if that's his personality, again, I don't know. But what I, what I pick up is I don't get a sense that this guy is using all of the tools. I get a sense that he thinks that, not that he's entitled, that just that the process will work itself out and it may take three years, five years, eight years, 12 years, 20 years, 40 years. Nobody's got that long. Uh, some of us <laughs> aren't going to be around for the 40-year uh, uh, national championship tour. And that's, that's, well, I'll tell you, that's I'll tell you, it. I'll tell you what. 
I, I, I disagree a little bit on that, but we're going to come back to that because what, what I'm going to do now, we talked a little bit about basketball and, uh, you know, some of the other things going on at the university. So um, I want to take a, a little uh, break here in the middle of the show and um, welcome Lance, who was on the show earlier, uh, and chat a little bit about his thoughts about the Penn State game and then also uh, about some of the uh, other sports, including the basketball event that's coming up. Go right And we'll be right back with it. <laughs> Hey, Lance, welcome uh, back to the show. Hey, guys, how are you? Good, man, good, good. I got a little, it's been a while. We've had a, a double buy uh, from the podcast, so we're kind of fired up to get back into it and talk a little bit of football. But, um, uh, you know, we had a great uh, chat when we had you back on the show a couple of weeks ago, so I wanted to bring you back on, um, particularly uh, to talk a little bit about, um, you know, what your thoughts about this Penn State game, you know, what Rutgers can or can do or get out of it and then uh you know maybe talk a little bit about the uh upcoming basketball game uh, on friday night yeah that sounds great i'm i'm you know looking forward to both of them for sure so with you know obviously let me ask you i mean i know penn state is uh you know it's they're still you know what they are they're still a ranked team um they're not the juggernaut they were last year you know Rutgers obviously um yeah, let's say playing a little better. Uh, uh, is there a chance to keep this uh, close early, keep it any kind of type of interesting or for the fans? Or, you know, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I think, look, it, it's senior day. So, you know, the seniors are going to be out. They're going to be hungry. And I'm sure they have been all season. But, you know, there's a little extra juice when it does come to senior day. Um, I think it does have an, a, a chance to be close. Um, yes, Penn State is still Penn State. They're still going to go to a, you know, a major bowl game. Um, but I think it, it's playing in Rutgers' favor that if you asked me, you know, a couple of weeks ago before Penn State, you know, went through a little bit of a rough stretch, I thought this crowd was going to be 70-30 in favor of Penn State because, you know, they were maybe still fighting for a playoff spot for, you know, a chance to potentially win the Big Ten or get to the Big Ten championship game. But now that that has kind of ended or that opportunity for the Nittany Lions has kind of ended, I think the Penn State crowd is going to be big, but not as big as it would have been. So I think maybe that's kind of playing in Rutgers' favor. I think it's going to be close early on. I think the team as a whole is going to come out hungry for senior day and for the last home game. Um, but, I, you know, I think you close might be as good as it gets. You're probably right. And, and I know I think there's a lot of people I, I talked about it earlier, you know, where, you know, for instance, I, I uh, you know, I made a choice, uh, uh, decision to kind of go away. I had a couple of days off next last week and not go to the Michigan game. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of made a point to make sure that I get out there this weekend. I think a lot of people are going to do that or at least, you know, either burn their tickets or leave them at home instead of giving them to Penn State fans. Uh, so, so, so you might be right. Uh, but, you know, I, I think you know, you're just hoping to not – at least stick to the script for the last couple of weeks, which was, you know, not get embarrassed as they were doing earlier in the season. Yeah, I think, I think that's kind of the goal. I mean, you look at, especially with when it comes to Penn State, uh, you, you bring up the point, they just don't want to get embarrassed. They don't want to get blown out at home. And, I, I you know, Penn State, Rutgers, they're fighting for the same guys for a lot of the time when it comes to recruiting. You know, Chris Ash, James Franklin, they're going after the same kind of market. They're going after, you know, uh, Pennsylvania area. They're going after, you know, uh, North Jersey, South Jersey. They're going after the same type of players. And it would look bad for Rutgers 
if they were to get embarrassed at home, especially on senior day. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of recruits there. I'm sure there's going to be people, you know, tuning in, watching the game from uh, New Jersey, from Pennsylvania. And I'm, I'm 100% Chris Ash is aware of all that. And, of course, you know, he's going to go out and he's going to want to win the game. But I'm sure it's going to be in the back of his mind that the last thing he wants to happen for, you know, not only the seniors graduating but for this program is for them to get blown out to one of the two teams that is closest to them in, in Penn State, and of course, the other being Maryland. Um, but, you know, I think the name of the game for Saturday is, you know, keep it close. Uh, make sure you don't get blown out like you said they've been doing the last couple of weeks. You know, Michigan 42-7, to you know, at least they covered the spread. Uh, obviously, Wisconsin only 34-17 or whatever it was, something around there. Uh, so I think the name of the game, again, is just not getting blown out, is keeping it close giving your fans potentially something exciting to look forward to going into the second half. I think that's kind of what Rutgers has to focus on on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I think they've actually covered uh, three weeks in a row. Uh, so, interesting, because I was just talking about this about recruiting, and, and, you know, he's pretty fired up about Ash's comments uh, last week regarding, you know, not utilizing the 150th anniversary next year. Um, you know, one thing I would do is, uh, you know, kind of a segue into the basketball is, uh, if they can get some kids out to the rack on Friday, I would do that. And 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 my pitch there is uh, to understand how quickly things turn around here. You, you, you know, um, we're just dying and thirsty for for seeing something good to happen. And you know, uh, and there's you know, basketball has a whole lot of things going on, right? But um, you know, in the end, it's still going to be a team that probably is not going to go to the postseason. But people are going to show up Friday and they're going to be excited and it's going to be an atmosphere that not every people have been exposed to. And, and I would get recruits out there and say, Hey, you know, this is how it will be very quickly. We could start winning. Yeah. I think you bring up a good point. You know, so much I feel about recruiting isn't necessarily about the score all the time. It's about the type of atmosphere that these recruits see. And you bring up a good point with basketball. I mean, that St. John's game on Friday it's going to be packed. I, you know, I don't think it is yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being. Um, I'm sure the, the Rutgers Festival is going to be out in full force uh, for that game. I'm sure the student section is going to be packed. And, uh, you know, I, as a student the last couple of years, I, I was there last year when, you know, we almost beat Purdue. I was there uh, when we almost lost to Michigan State by 10. You know, those, uh, you know the Seton Hall game, obviously, last year, too. Uh, when those games are close, when big-time opponents come in, uh, to the rack, that place gets extremely loud, and it's helped with basketball, and I think you bring up a good point. I think just getting uh, recruits, even if they're not for basketball, they're for football, into that kind of atmosphere where they can see, like you said, you know, things can change at Rutgers. You know, we know how to rebuild the program. I think if they were to see that atmosphere for basketball, you know, Chris Ash can kind of use that uh, to his favor and maybe use that as something that could really excite recruits. They could see the atmosphere. They could see that Rutgers fans are out in full force supporting their athletic teams, and they could see that, you know, they could build something great uh, for the football program. Yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, one of the other things, too, is probably has people intrigued is, you know, Coach Pike in his first two years was, was preaching, you know, the defense and the re- offense rebound and grabbing rebounds and playing that hard type of game, and you need that, obviously. But, uh, you know, in his first two games, to see the team come out and score and hit shots, it's something that we haven't seen around here in a long time. And kind of drawing parallels to football, I think it's sometimes very, on top of the losing, it's very difficult to, to, to you know, watch 
when the offense is the way it is. And, you know, you turn on the TV, you watch some of these big 12 teams that, you know, they lose every week, but they're still putting up 30 points. And, you know, it, it's it's just something that uh, it, at least is interesting to someone. And I think that's what uh, might have people intrigued to see how this basketball team is, uh, you know, both offensively as well as um, the defense. Well, look, I mean, you look at any sport, really. Offense is the name of the game. I think, you know, every sport is coming to realize that football, basketball, baseball, hockey, you know, go on sport by sport. Offense is the name of the game. People want to see scoring. And I think that's something that, you know, wasn't really a staple, obviously, like you said, in Steve Peichel's first two seasons. It was defense. It was rebounding. But the way the team is laid out this season, it's, it's, they're spreading the ball more. They have more shooters on the team. I think this makes for better offensive output. And, yes, you know, Rutgers doesn't have a player like Corey Sanders on the roster. You know, Corey Sanders last year at times would carry Rutgers to win. You look at the Northwestern game in the regular season last year, Corey Sanders, Rutgers doesn't even come close if it wasn't for Corey Sanders. You look at, uh, you know, the the Big Ten tournament, you know, Corey Sanders basically carried them through that tournament and ended up being on the all-tournament team. Rutgers doesn't have any players like him, but while, yes, they don't might not have a player to carry them, that not having Corey Sanders isn't necessarily a bad thing because it allows them to spread the ball around more. More people are touching the ball. Deshaun Freeman and Corey Sanders at times are ball stoppers, and Rutgers doesn't have that type of player that's going to get the ball and just do it himself. They have guys like Kiss and Mathis and Geo and Ron Harper who are going to pass the ball around. They're going to look for the open shot. They're not going to be selfish. And often in these first two games, we've seen that they've found the open shot and they've been able to hit it. And, you know, obviously the competition isn't too great these first two games, but, you know, I think what we've seen so far from the shooting, from what they've been able to do from uh, beyond the arc, I think are very encouraging signs for what is to come the rest of the way to see Pike on his, and his uh, team. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's tough because, I mean, I think you obviously have to temper in your enthusiasm as well. I mean, you mentioned, you know, Sanders and Freeman, uh, you know, are, are just probably two of the best players from last year's team that are no longer there. So while there's a lot more depth and here, uh, you know, there's still remains to be seen if there's a guy when you're in those tight games that can, that can be a Corey Sanders. Uh, so, you know, we'll say, I think, you know, it's one thing that'll be enjoyable. And like I said, hopefully, uh, you know, this turns out to be an interesting weekend. Um, but, you know, uh, earlier, um, you know, Mo talked a little bit about C. Vivian Stringer's thousand win. Um, I know you follow a lot of the non-revenue uh, sports. Um, can you give us a quick wrap-up uh, for those that were, you know, following uh, the run that the women's soccer team and the women's field hockey team had uh, and how they closed out their season? Yeah, so, I mean, first to touch on, on you know, C. Vivian Stringer, because you mentioned that, I mean, Congratulations, first of all, to, to Steve. I, I was there last night uh, when she won uh, her 1,000th game. I was on the court afterwards, uh, videotaping away, taking pictures of everything that was, was being given to her, all the videos that were uh, played for her with people congratulating her. I thought Rutgers did a phenomenal job with what, with what they gave to Steve and Stringer, how they put on uh, for her 1,000th win. I thought the crowd was uh, was good as well. So I thought Rutgers as a whole did a, did a great job celebrating C. Vivian Stringer last night uh, for her 1,000th win. Now, look, Rutgers women's soccer and, and field hockey, I think, you know, starting with field hockey, they were the last team to get into the NCAA tournament. 
And unfortunately for them, they ran into a team that is a powerhouse in UConn, and it showed in that first round. And, you know, unfortunately, the Scarlet Knights weren't able to pull off the upset. But I think, again, it was a building year for that team. It was the first time they made the NCAA tournament, I think, in over 30 years. So when something like that happens for the first time in over three decades, that's obviously a positive for the program. In terms of the the women's soccer team, I think you could say disappointing. I mean, this was a team that went into the Big Ten tournament with the, with the second seed. Uh, they drew a home game in the first round uh, against Minnesota, the team that ended up winning the Big Ten tournament, and they lost. And, you know, that game, that loss, basically cost them a home game, at least in the first round of the uh, NCAA tournament. And they didn't get a favorable matchup, and I think, you know, just as mad as Rutgers was, I think Duke was – equally upset because, you know, Duke very well could have lost that game too. But Rutgers drew, I believe, the number eight team in the country in the first round in Duke. And they had to go to to North Carolina to play them. So I think, you know, they obviously ended up losing. I think you could, and I'm sure Mike O'Neill would say the same thing. I had him on my podcast. You know, we were talking. He thought that this team could, could really make some noise in the tournament. I think we all did. It was a disappointing ending for the women's soccer team, a disappointing ending for, for some of the seniors like Kenny Wright, uh, but I'm sure, you know, this women's soccer team is one that has really developed into a, a national contender, a national powerhouse. And I'm sure next year uh, they're going to come back uh, with just as much firepower, with maybe even more. Uh, their goalie was a freshman, so she's only going to get better. So I'm sure the team is going to come back uh, with just as much talent, if not more, and ready to, uh, you know, do more than what they did this year next year. Yeah, and then uh, rounding it out, of course, um the men's uh, soccer team uh, let go of uh, the coach, uh, Dan Donegan, uh, after uh, three losing seasons, which, you know, the men's soccer program been a story program at Rutgers, of course, in the past, uh, you know, championship game, final fours. And, and it's, uh, you know, just a, another situation where the state has so much talent, so much soccer talent that, you know, you, you really can't explain away, you know, losing at that level. Now, uh, any idea of where the search is going uh, in terms of, of the next coach? Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, Dan Donegan, while I think he did, uh, you know, he was, he's been, he, or he was the Rutgers soccer coach for a long time. I think it was just his time to go. I, you know, I think it was 2015 they, they made the NCAA tournament, uh, ended up going to the second round, and then since then it's been three straight losing seasons, and unfortunately, you know, Pat Hobbs, he wasn't the one who hired Donegan, obviously. He's not connected to Donegan anyway. And I think Pat Hobbs just thought, as we all did, that it was the right time for Dan Donegan to go. Um, I'm intrigued to see who Pat Hobbs ends up bringing in because I think all of his Olympic sports hires have gone over really well. I think um, Kristen Butler, the new softball coach, I think she was a, a home run hire. Um, Umi uh, Salim Beasley, who's coming on my podcast, uh, very soon, I think she was a great hire for gymnastics. Uh, one name that a lot of people are looking at is potentially Tony Miola. Uh, he's from, he's a New Jersey guy. Uh, he he played in the MLS. Uh, he played in the U, he played for the U.S. national teams in, in the World Cup in the 90s and early 2000s. I think he's a name that people uh, might look towards. Again, Tony Miola is a guy who I think again. Being a Jersey guy, you mentioned there's so much soccer talent in New Jersey. He's a guy who's a name. He's a guy who people around the state know. He's a guy who's, you know, excelled at high major competition in terms of international and, you know, MLS soccer. So I think he's a guy that could definitely be on the radar for Pat Hobbs uh, in terms of, you know, potentially being the next head coach. 
Well, Lance, um, hey, appreciate you coming up and kind of giving us the rundown of uh, uh, the rest of the fall sports. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm glad you had a chance to, to um, you know, I guess witness that last night. So uh, for those, um, you know, are listening to the show, make sure you check out Lance's uh, podcast, On the Bank Podcast. Uh, great, you know, list of guests of uh, Coach Pike. Uh, uh, as you mentioned, uh, you had Coach O'Neill. You had a few uh, of the non-revenue sports coaches. So uh, keep going. Good job. And uh, look forward to uh, talking to you again in the future. Yeah, thank you uh, so much, guys, for having me on. Look forward to uh, doing it again. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks a lot. So we snuck in our little um, chat on, on the uh, non-football uh, uplifting part of the Rutgers uh, sports scene. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up the, the, the show by – finishing off our thoughts on, on Rutgers. And, and I, I wanted to bring that point up, um, you know, kind of, you know, to your point about using whatever you can for recruiting us, you know, the, like the 150th anniversary was, uh, you know, what I meant, in, you know, in terms of getting recruits out to the Friday's game as well, you know, just, just to see the atmosphere, you know, Rutgers is, has this fan base, you know, you build it and, and they will come. And, uh, you know, there is, uh, you know, I think, what people were so upset about earlier in the year is that, you know, it seemed like uh, there was almost a, a, uh, a disrespect towards the fans who, uh, you know, spend good money, uh, you know, for tickets and, 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 you know, it can't just be, okay, let's, uh, let's, uh, you know, let's fire another coach and let's everybody start putting more money in and, and, you know, uh, I can't put any more money, you know, so, you know, they got to start getting this stuff right, whether it's, uh, you know, the coach or whether or not it's the athletic department or who it is, um, you know, the bottom line is they got to start getting it right. And, and, you know, this is, uh, you know, you probably agree with me. It's a large state. It's one of the top, you know, talented states, one of the top universities in the Northeast. And uh, it deserves a football program that goes with that. And, and that's, I think that's where we all are and just want to figure it out. We've been the Rip Van Winkle of football forever. We've been referred to as the sleeping giant. At one point, it looks like we woke up. We've been back to sleep again. So <laughs> I agree with you on some things. I think the reality for me is whether – I don't know whether it's the coach or not the coach. I don't know whether it's the players or not the players. I don't know if it's the assistants or not the assistants. I do know that the bottom line is you have to measure things in results. No, no matter what field you're in, uh, I was in the medical field for a long time and managed uh, practices. It's – you know, it doesn't, do, it doesn't do any good for a doctor to wind up prescribing or performing surgery if the patient died, right? The operation was a success, but the patient died. That doesn't work really well, and it doesn't work well in sports. That analogy, I think, holds true. So where I'm going with that is I'm not out for any particular coach. It's not Chris Ash or anything else. I just find it annoying, especially knowing that we're going to be promoting, and not only us, but ESPN and our uh, athletic director, Hobbs, is involved directly in that. That couldn't have been a friendly conversation once he heard that, that, that comment. But that notwithstanding, what I'm looking for is a good game this weekend with a lot of intensity, a lot of people fired up. Hopefully Friday night, 
we get a victory against St. John's. And that can transcend and carry over to football. And, and that's my opinion. And I think that if we start seeing some wins, no matter where we see them, I think that's going to have an effect um, with the crowd and perhaps with the team. And I'd like to see Pacheco and Blackshear in the, at the same time on the same field, right, playing for us, not, not transferring anywhere else, playing for us. How difficult is it to figure that one out when we don't have another wide receiver? We have no wide receivers with probably more than 15 catches. I doubt if they have that many. Blackshear's got twice that number. So yeah. I'd like to no, see I mean, some I, things I, I agree. I <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, you're, you're starting to see it. Uh, I think, you know, it's 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 just, yeah. the more you talk about it, the more depressing it gets. So it's almost like you got to stay positive. Because it's <laughs> tough, but I, I mean, you know, you know, and I don't, you know, at this point, don't want to get into, um, you know, specific names and people. But um, yeah, no, I mean, look, I, the wide receiver position is hurting. Um, uh, I, you know, I think you can, you can, uh, it's. You know, you know, if if you look back at, at guys, you know, look at Laviano when he was here. You know, you know, I don't think he, he's not a Division One quarterback. We could all agree on that. Um, but he certainly was able to throw the ball towards Leonte Carew and figure it out. Like Rutgers does not have a guy like that. Now, one thing I I, I feel that McNulty might be able to make a difference is if they can. And this is tough. And, uh, you know, I don't, I can't say this without knowing, I don't know what's out there in the graduate transfer, you know, uh, area, but if they can just get a guy, a big guy, and then, you know, and, and explain, you know, look, this is where I was when Rutgers was running a post-style offense. We had big receivers and they all went on to the NFL, you know, Tim Wright, Mark, you know, uh, Harrison, Coleman, all these guys went, and not even those, just those guys. It was guys like Kalon Pratt, who you know was on the Eagles. Uh, you know, Tim, um, uh, tons of receivers. So if you come here and play in this offense, and you have a quarterback that is progressing, it, it was ugly early on, still not pretty because he's not taking chances. But you know, he's made a couple of throws over the last couple of weeks that you know you see it's there. So he's going to develop, and if they can just convince a wide receiver or two. And then that turns guys like Jones and Melton into two and three receivers, not, not a number one. And, and, and then right. they start making a difference, but they, they need well, a we, number one receiver so bad. We don't know where things are going to wind up. I, for, I forget who I was watching the other day, but there was a quarterback who was turned into a wide receiver. You might've seen the game. I can't remember. Uh, I think he was like six foot six or six, seven or whatever the heck it was. That's, that, that's not what we have. But we do have a guy from California, basically my neck of the woods when I'm down there, Norborn uh, Chapman. And we don't know what he's going to do. And if he's an RPO and he can actually get it done, it's going to create some quarterback competition. But let's just work on another assumption as well. I mean, you know, not, not, I'm just working hypothetically, right? I don't know, any more than anybody else does. Well, I, mean, I think doesn't? you're going. You're, you're kind of counter arguing my point. If if you're saying if you're talking about the fourth string quarterback, right? If Rutgers is going to successfully recruit wide receivers, is going to be because you know say, hey, we got a guy. You got yes, he struggled early on. He's a freshman, but he's got a big arm. Look at him. He's going to be our quarterback for four years, for three more years. Come here, right? So I, 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 if if it's if you're going to get any type of receiver recruit, it's selling 
McNulty and and Sikowski, not the fourth string quarterback from no 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 know, I wasn't California. I wasn't I wasn't saying that I wasn't saying that what I was saying was it may not be a bad idea to turn Chapman depending upon what he produces or doesn't produce into a wide receiver we don't know we don't yeah. uh, we're turning yeah. we're turning Jefferson into a uh, tight end. The same, right? <laughs> You're turning Lewis. Jefferson was turned already. Lu- well, yeah, because, because Jefferson was turned. Jefferson and Lewis reminded me of the same thing. As Look, soon as I saw no, the guy. I, I, I agree, I agree. But, but what I'm saying is they, they need to go out and get real receivers that are real receivers of course. And, and, and bring them in. So, uh, you know, that's, it, we need, you know, um, as we, we said, we need, we I mean, need I watched like Tenderwood. It was Temple and uh, UCF the other day, and this guy makes just like a tremendous catch, like you know, on the sidelines. Like it, you know, it's it's there. It's you know, find them right. Uh, uh, and and I think you know the one selling point that they may have is is as I said, McNulty with the experience of of you mentioned, you know, guys like Underwood uh, that that you know were not four star, five star guys, but his offense. And, and and the route running, precise route running that they had. Uh, look, one of the things that that Shiano did and was very smart with the whole NFL nights in the NFL, right? And that's how I actually started doing my podcast and blog. I was tracking these guys. And at one point it was like 25, 26 guys. Most of them were fringe players, but all of those fringe players were guys who were two-star recruit type, you know, like Brandon Bings and those kind of guys. And, you know, you go to the games and everybody will be yelling at, at, at the, at the receipt, the corners for not turning around. And, and, you know, what are you doing? And then you see, first of all, Shiano's teaching them that for a reason, right? He's a defensive back coach. And then guys like Bing and Cooper go on to the NFL and they can cover man to man. And you realize here he's making them better and giving them better chances to make the NFL. So those are like the little things you got to pitch, uh, you know, and, and you hope McNulty can do that with his offense and, and the fact that they, you know, potentially have a quarterback for a couple of years. So well, the pitch, I, the pitch, the, I, I think it's a good point. Podcasts can be pitches as well. And depending upon who's listening or who isn't listening, maybe there's a recruit who hears that and says, wait a minute, I could be the next Cooper. I could be the next Bing. The fact is, is that we have a lot of opportunities, and it's not just finding these players. It's apparently getting them to not only commit, but to honor their commitment. And those things, it, it's kind of a, it's a chain. It's a giant chain, and we're only strong as our weakest link. What good does it do if we identify the player, and then at the last minute, they opt out? So what we're looking for is someone who falls in love with Rutgers, and we fall in love with them, and they have a chance to be – they have a chance to shine as a knight. They have a chance to be the, the hero, a chance to take a team from worst to first. That's really what a shining Shiny knight in armor, right? The shiny knight in armor. Absolutely. So Scarlet, I, think we, I, think, I think we've had a good uh, show, so let's, um, let's wrap it up with bringing in the old uh, predictions uh, to close it out. Uh, usually you did with the heart and the mind, but – you know what? Let's just go with one, one prediction. Yeah, what, do, what do you say the score is going to be? The duality thing doesn't work. It's not good. <laughs> no. So all right. So I'm what's your go, prediction? I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to go with Rutgers, 
31, Penn State 27. <laughs> All right. All right, I, I Rocky hasn't scored uh, more than uh, twenty, but you know I like. Uh, We're I think, uh, due. Okay. We are due, man. <laughs> what are you waiting for? This is it. This is the gravy train. Put all, put your house on it. Trust me. <laughs> this is it. Uh, I'm gonna go twenty-six to ten, Penn State, and and it'll be moderately close at you know towards the halftime, maybe sixteen or you know, to seven or something like that. So you fans will have to make a decision and they want to stay for the second half or not and uh, see it out. But uh, I think that's the reality. But Mo, another good show. Let's, uh, let's do it again. Uh, no more of the double, the double buys. We'll, we'll talk again next week. Right. After the, after we beat Penn state. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, guys. Thanks for everyone listening. Uh, this is our fan, Jerry. Make sure Pull me in on iTunes, and uh, we will listen and talk again next week. Thanks.